Banana. Jerk off motion. Jerk off motion. Poop. Hey, poop flinging so and so's. <laughs> Your ears are listening to Frame Rate, a show where we rate frames. Who are we? Monkeys. That's right. <laughs> Something's a little different about this episode. My name's Monkey Swaim. And I'm Abe Epperson Monkey. Ape Epperson. Mm. Come on, oh! it's right there, dude. Wow. <laughs> You're supposed to say Ape Epperson. Uh, uh, we'll edit it back. I'll go, my name's sure. Ape Epperson. <laughs> yeah, perfect. No. No. Uh, and here we're here with again with uh, Maggie May Monkey. Mm-hmm. I just swapped out animal name for animal name in that case. But please say hey, Maggie. Welcome. Hi guys. Oh yeah, I I do have an animal um, contained within my name. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, this is our day two of Monkey of Monkey Madness March May. Can you? Madness. I was gonna ask if you remember the full name. Uh, it's your month. It's my month. Um, I think I got most of the the nouns and adjectives. Well, this is Maggie May Monkey Movie Madness Month here at Small Beans. <laughs> and uh, Maggie, why don't you tell us what we're covering this, what monkey-related mischief we're getting up to this time for the second in our two-part series, Maggie right. May's Monkey Movie Madness, Madness Month. Month. <laughs> right. It, it slides off the tongue uh, like a banana on a peel. Um, <laughs> we're watching, we watched Monkey Shines, uh, which is, you know, if you think of all the monkey movies, I would say this is one of the top, uh, horror monkey centered films that I've ever seen. Speaking personally, I Googled movies with monkeys in them. Mm-hmm. And I will say that I think we're covering aside, obviously from King Kong, who is an ape, not a monkey. Right. We're covering two heavy hitters. There are not a ton of monkeys, Monkey our main movies. character movies. There's that one where uh, Clint Eastwood is a cop and his partner is a chimp, every which way but loose. <laughs> but uh, There's Project X, I want to say. Is Project is X a about a monkey? Yeah, there's, isn't, isn't that about um, monkeys? Isn't that about doing stuff to monkeys? I thought it was. Maybe. Uh, I realized there's something that I wanted. I should have asked last time in our Monkey Bone episode, but I'll ask it now. Maggie, is there Mm. a reason we're we're doing... What are we doing here? (laughs) No, by which I mean, uh, what first gave you the idea of we should do multiple monkey movies? Because I know it has something to do with monkey shines. You know, it does. Uh, I... I watch these movies, um, you know, when I watch them, I watch them in close proximity to each other. And since then, I have just been in love with this idea that these two movies pair well together. Yes, you know, they both star monkeys. But if you're looking for, you know, like a two picture kind of night, you know, you want like a a weird pick, something that's a little funny. So you pick monkey bone. And then, uh, you know, as the night progresses, you want something a little scary. So then you pop Mm. on monkey shines and it's the perfect double feature. Nice. Mm-hmm. Nice. Did you I watch do... this as like a little child and imagine yourself as the monkey? Or like, what's your story with this movie? When did you watch Yeah, Maggie, it? are you the monkey? <laughs> Am I the monkey? Spill. Yeah, you know, in this film, I do identify with its, um, you know, it's just, it's it's trying to make its friend happy at the end of the day. <laughs> That's right, because this is about a service monkey. Mm-hmm. I, I'll say... I hadn't seen it until now. We should also mention this is George A. Romero of Night of the Living Dead fame's first studio film. And uh, we'll get into that more, I'm sure. But my only relationship to this until I watched it for Maggie Mae's... I lost it (laughs) that time. Um, Is that I used to see the poster all the time. And it's it's a a monkey. It's it's the monkey with the symbols and it creeped the shit out of me as a kid in blockbuster. And I'm now realizing how little that has to do with the film, the <laughs> yeah. content of the film. Like it is not that kind of a horror movie where there's no. like a haunted doll you and there's no Chucky doll motif. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It, I, as a kid, I really thought it was about a monkey doll that killed people. Cause if you Google it, it's based on a novel so there's many, many different covers of various novel versions and multiple posters. One poster has the monkey doll holding symbols. Another poster has the same monkey doll, but it's 
clothes are different to match like more realistic monkey clothes it's really weird and it's holding a razor blade with blood dripping off then there's another version where the razor blade's in the other hand and there's no blood which i imagine is just a ratings issue yeah for the kids but, uh, that one's for yeah. the kids <laughs> and then there's the modern cover which is actually a still from the movie of the monkey looking out its cage and you're like that makes sense but man i suspect <laughs> a lot of people our age remember the monkey shines like the cover and mm-hmm. know nothing about the film so what's this movie about can i impress upon you again maggie oh absolutely my favorite part is definitely recapping the plot of <laughs> movies <laughs> uh but all to say uh our wonderful protagonist is uh alan man or a man uh <laughs> and he's struck by a truck um, and so he loses the uh, use of most of his limbs from the waist down. He is a quadriplegic. Um, and basically, he has a friend who works in a lab with a bunch of... Uh, he's doing experiments to create telepathic monkeys. Um, and they have a mutual friend who's this nice lady. Uh, she's wonderful. And, uh, you know, his friend is like, hey, if I supply a monkey... Um, are you able to train it to, you know, help my friend? So basically a man, uh, gets a monkey companion and, uh, eventually the two become psychically linked and, uh, the monkey starts killing in the name of, uh, our protagonist. Killing in the name of, uh, it's your, it's your classic man versus monkey. Yes, yes. And who's the man and who's the monkey? It's, you know. Who's the true monkey? Well, Mm -hmm. they, yeah, their animal natures meld. Uh, Abe, well, we're going around the horn. Uh-huh. Any relationship to Monkey Shines, or was this the first time you'd seen it? This is the first time I saw it. Um, yeah, it doesn't, it's not exactly my cup of tea, but <laughs> I'm glad I watched it. Uh, it, it, it's a gift that keeps giving. It, it has Steven Root, uh, in I think his first role, first on screen, first on role, screen. Yeah. yeah, and uh, it's also Tucci. got. The Tooch. Uh, the Tooch. Horny Tooch. Horned up Tooch in this mm-hmm. movie. He plays a doctor who mm-hmm. uh, likes to fuck. And um, yeah. An adorable monkey. It, it, it is a film that has many gifts. So I was glad to watch it. Do you mean gifts or or do, it has it generated many <laughs> mimetic gifts? Uh, I've I would never seen either. a gif of yeah, monkey. I've never seen a gif of it. Never I seen feel, a gif of it. Well, at this point... I think maybe for modern eyes, it would be seen as exploitative. So it's good. It's not gift a lot, but I'm surprised <laughs> that it's not. It's also weird to think. Yeah. According to IMDb trivia, Stephen Root has said that he like pretended he had been on screen several times to give himself confidence. And he was like so nervous the whole time. I'm like, man, you're so much better than this. You act circles around all these people. You got nothing to worry about. Stephen Root. You're killing oh, wow. it. Yeah. No. Uh, it's other people in the movie who should be worried. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, there's not some, there's, yeah, there's, it's not great acting in this movie. <laughs> I, th- it's a tough story to, we should, okay, I think more than usual, it will behoove us to recap the plot a bit because, mm-hmm. uh, just for reference, like, a man, a uh, point of order is, yeah, it's everything from the neck down is mm-hmm. paralyzed. So this, I'll just say this, and this is positive, I think. I was surprised. <laughs> I was surprised how grounded the film was, given that the climax is a psychic monkey attacking a quadriplegic with a razor blade. Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> that, that I will give the movie. After having took- burned down houses, uh, <laughs> uh, like, does specifically, like, very clever, because I think that the. Uh, the serum that they're injecting into these monkeys are uh, make them more intelligent. So they're like figuring out puzzles and stuff, like figuring out how fireworks and uh, like. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of speculation in the film of how intelligent this monkey is. So it's kind of grounded because it has to deal with like it forces itself to obey the logic of like what is a monkey capable of as opposed to like making it some like I don't know uh, some ghost or ghoulie that has like demonic presence or anything like that like a haunting that we kind of just like you know sweep that under the rug and just go ah it looks like a human this is like like simple stuff. 
No, mm-hmm. it's more like a sphere or a Jaws, like a novel right. that about something that they thought was harrowing and it got optioned into a movie. <laughs> the uh, the iconic cover is really, yeah, really misleading. I would, com- I don't mean to compare it to Jaws because that's way more credit than it deserves. But yeah. I mean, like, it's like a man versus, it wants to be like a harrowing man versus nature survival story. And uh, of course it, would be scary to be paralyzed and have an animal attack you. Although I gotta say, given that Tom Savini, famous master of gore, was the head of the supervisor of special effects on the movie, I mm-hmm. was bracing myself for more gory stuff. The mm-hmm. final scene is gory, but like, you know, I saw that HBO documentary where there's the 911 call where the lady's like, my monkey! It ripped off my friend's face. It ate her face. <laughs> like, I know what oh. monkeys are capable of. Although, I don't know about capuchins specifically. They use a capuchin monkey, which is important. Mm-hmm. They use male. A male was the actor, which is unusual because it's usually females because they're less aggressive. Um, although, as far as I know, there was no monkey business on the set or, like, no monkey accidents. Mm-hmm. But how much did you guys buy the monkey as a threat? Because I got to be honest... It's a pretty cute. It's a small cute monkey. monkey. It's really They didn't cute. pick the scariest looking monkey. Yeah. Right. Monkey. And also yeah. I um I dislike the main character so intensely uh that yeah, for and because the monkey is so cute, I did find I find myself rooting for the monkey every time I watch this film. I knew it. You mm-hmm. little rascal. I know. I know. Uh, I, I don't believe that's the intention, but I do. And he's cute. I think it, I, yeah, I don't think it was the intention because I think they're we're supposed to kind of like a man. Uh, right, right. And I just really then, don't. <laughs> well, real quick, like mm-hmm. he uh, becomes like not possessed, but like they start influencing each other. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, so the idea is they have some form of telepathic link. So at first, uh, Alan doesn't really isn't really aware of it, but he just starts to feel like rage in general uh, mm-hmm. because I think we, you know, in the hive mind of uh, humans, we believe that like, yeah, they're like little people. Monkeys are, but like ultimately they're like something more primal or something more in touch with like the mm-hmm. uh, animalistic side of us, and so he's feeling rage. Uh, and like kind of the payoff is that like the monkey, like super in, in the pocket, like, oh yeah, I know what you want. I know what you want. Like when he's just saying like, oh, go get, go make this phone call or like, so the monkey does the the operations to make it happen. Mm -hmm. But the monkey also knows his like secret desires and his dreams. Like, man, I really hate this uh surgeon who fucked up my back because as i learn in at like act two uh you know like i didn't have to become paralyzed um so plus he's for the cherry on the cake he's fucking my wife yeah stanley tucci's yeah, exactly. <laughs> fucking my wife so my wife? therefore he dreams that he uh like different ways to kill stanley tucci and one of the ways he thought of was burning down the house because mm-hmm. he knows that their house is like just like uh it's just cinder because it's like a cabin or whatnot. And so the monkey goes out and does it in the night. And then that's what kind of leads Alan to think maybe this monkey isn't all that it appears to be. I think it's also, I just think it's a clunkily put together because they deployed the information at the wrong time because it is implied in act three, you start to understand that the psychic link is a two way street. So Like Alan has a line, it's basically just one moment. And I guess you just got to trust that it's true. But Alan just says, (laughs) this anger I've been feeling lately, it's not me. It's the monkey. So the idea is is by virtue of the fact that the monkey is getting smarter and taking from Alan's human brain, he is becoming like an angry monkey werewolf, were-monkey man, brain-wise. His yeah. mind is monkey-ish. Yeah. <laughs> and, mm-hmm. like, did you ever see uh, Altered States as, like, a better version of this? Right, right. Uh, or something uh, that just I was reminded of today, and I'll just recommend it now. It's kind of a waste of time, but no. <laughs> we'll see. There's Those a thing called are. Limetown. You guys heard of Limetown? Limetown? No. No. It's a good... 
spooky horror audio podcast thing and i just think it takes the same idea in a much better direction which is a guy in a lab is experimenting with psychic you know with telepathy and is able to establish a telepathic link with a lab pig and then the pig gets killed by accident while they're connected and then he starts acting weird after that because I think that's a much more interesting version, yeah. Yeah. Or something like that. Something, yeah. Like that. Because I, I almost yeah. wanted something. him to like be lying about that, or like using that as an excuse. But you know, it was going to be like, oh, but it reveals, you know, his true nature. That was the monkey. Yeah, I thought that's what just, they were going to wow. kind of yeah. do. What if it turned out because they say, oh, Tucci fucked up the surgery that's it could have gone the other way what if it did go the other way and he can he's not paralyzed and he's been doing murders and blaming you it on could, the monkey uh, you could reorder the scenes and add a scene at the end and totally make it seem like at the very end kind of like in a primal fear have you guys seen that movie mm-hmm. yeah. yeah and it's like who's yeah. the real monkey like oh it's shit man. this guy acted like he was uh he realized like if you reorder the scene so it's like oh stanley tucci is he knows that stanley tucci She's fucking his wife. Oh, he knows that his or his mother has been overbearing his whole life or something like that. Mm-hmm. And it's him finally acting out. And he's like the picture perfect version at the beginning of the movie as like, oh, yeah, life is just I'm just going about my business. I would never right. do anything I'm crazy. An and then uses this crazy ex, uh, experience to convince. I do beautiful people. nude torso rotations. Right. Yeah. Yes. That's how we yeah. kind of. Yeah, yeah. I uh, I think Romero's brave for doing what he did. And what there's an efficiency to this movie, especially in Act One, because uh, Romero is just like I don't give a fuck. In the first minute, fully naked man. Uh, in minute two, truck hits man. Minute like mm-hmm. within like in minute four, uh, he's done with like his he's recovered from surgery already. Yeah, uh, you so see two butts it's, in quick succession. It's butt butt accident <laughs> start of the movie. Yeah, right. So that gives you like an hour and fifty five minutes to really get down to monkey business. And it's uh, I don't know. There's an efficiency to that. Uh, that's Romero's. Deal, though he kind of cut let's cuts to the chase i'm interested in that because the other thing is and we talked about this with monkey bone too monkey movies never make it to market unmolested but romero says the studio completely defanged the movie and he doesn't really like it as right. it's not his favorite movie mm-hmm. of his and that's why he went back to uh at working outside the studio system again for many years until he came back with i think the dark half so much like monkey bone is is that what you're going for? Well, I was saying, well, the same thing happened to Monkey Bone, but mm-hmm. I just wanted to ask Gabe because for me, he's like right on the line and I would be interested in your insights. What's your just general take on Romero? Because people like him. That's He's an interesting one. Uh, I was thinking about that because you kind of asked me that uh, a while ago mm-hmm. or I started thinking about that question. And um, <clears throat> my thought is that he's like, if we're going to think of a counterpoint and it's going to sound really strange, but if you, I like to think about directors as like what directors main work, like the craftsmanship of directing as opposed to like ideas. Like I think George Romero has great ideas. Um, Like night of the living dead is a really well done, like social drama when you look at it and it's got a lot of um, symbolism in it and it's going for it. This is the stuff of like directors, but it's, you know, it's also producers and writers. He's got a great mind for that kind of stuff. He has good ideas. But when we talk about the craftsmanship of directing, he's very presentational. He's very just like, this is what it is. Uh, When I think of a good director, I think of someone who's like, okay, now I want to move camera or now I want to stage the scene in a particular way. Well, why, why do you want to do those things? And why do you choose that particular, why do you employ that particular strategy? So someone like David Fincher or like a, a, a good, a really good director will usually have answers to all those questions. I want the audience to feel this way or that way. I think, Romero is more presentational in that he's like, the idea is scary. I like the idea. So let's put a camera in front of it and shoot this scene. Um, so it makes him on par with like a more modern director. Like, like I keep coming back to like Guy Ritchie, which I, sounds weird because Guy Ritchie has a lot of technical flash and flair, uh, which Romero doesn't really have. I mean, like, I, I would argue <clears throat> he does only in the sense that he... 
he works in effects driven genres and you can tell sure. that yeah, exactly. I like I imagine on set most of his problem solving is around how effects shots will be mm. pulled off. Uh, right, right. And so Guy Ritchie, the reason I come to that one is that they're both working in that kind of field, but also like Guy Ritchie, like Romero isn't seminal in his like uh, designs for like, okay, here's a sequence. Like the only thing I thought I saw in this movie that was even trying for that, which was like the monkey cam, which uh, is really just like a glorified little bit more polished Raimi board from evil dead. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. it's not like he's inventing anything, but he's doing it slightly better. And he always did that stuff kind of slightly better, but uh, like guy Ritchie has bad ideas. So it's like (laughs) Guy Ritchie. So he's like Uh, Guy Ritchie in terms of presentational directing, better ideas than him, but not as technically (laughs) proficient, uh, which may mean he didn't have as much money to work with. But that's all, you know, that's that that depends on how you look at it. That's my opinion on Romero. I think he's fine. He's just not my cup of tea. I've always suspected or my gut instinct is also that he's just fine. But I feel bad saying that because I know he's legendary in many ways. I am yes, going to paste course. into chat in Discord right now the book cover, the original book cover, because oh I boy. think we should talk about it a little bit. Oh, Ooh. boy. Isn't that spectacular? That's, That's spectacular. Great. That actually Describe gets across it what it's about more so than, you know, the... the... I, also, I also love that in this version, A-Man has just a classic 70s stash. <laughs> he's got yeah, his eyes gently closed. The monkey's eyes are open. And between them... A night sky is connecting their brains. It's it's yeah. quite something. The like guy on the cover the looks face, like really. my dad from the seventies. <laughs> the hair, the mustache. Yeah. <laughs> that mustache is bopping. But yeah, yeah. Uh, Michael Stewart's Monkey Shines. It's the tan cover. If you people want to look at it, but um, yeah, that's that's like because that's more about what the idea is about. It's mm-hmm. more about like you know the transmutation of what the soul i guess i guess but it looks like i drew it with colored pencils on my binder in junior high (laughs) it's not a fantastic rendition but it's more evocative of what the idea is that's true yeah i mean let's be honest i think that's one of the weakest part is everything around the movie that's not the movie itself like the full like monkey shines is not a good title for this story no i don't think i don't think and The full title of the film is Monkey Shines, An Experiment in Fear, which means nothing. It's almost like they (laughs) are, again, trying to mislead you into thinking it's a slasher movie, which it's not. Mm -hmm. It almost gives you a surprise. Mm -hmm. Like, if you look at the cover and then watch the movie, uh, every decision seems so out of left field. Um, But then also, I feel like I wish that I, I wish that we also had the movie that the cover evokes. Like, I want a movie about, you know, possessed monkey doll banging his little ding 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 right yeah that yeah kind of in a um yeah yeah it's more akin to like the um the the crazed doll genre Mm -hmm, which this mm -hmm. is not you know it's it's really not about a haunting of something supernatural but there can be an, an argument made about the supernatural aspect of the serum because what is he doing? He's just cutting up brains. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think that's really weird. They're, the way they make the monkey psychic is to grind up brains into a liquid and inject that liquid into the monkey. <laughs> yeah. Apparently anywhere in its body because we see him do it in different places on the monkey. <laughs> and the monkey, I think, starts injecting itself at one point. Right. And... The guy never gets injections. Like, only the monkey needs to get... It's not really clear to me. I also like that they made a veiled reference to a famous experiment because, like, Stephen Root says, this is just like the earthworms. And uh, they don't really elaborate, but Mm. I believe that's a reference to a famous experiment where a guy got really famous by claiming that there's such a thing as cellular memory. So he would train earthworms, which apparently you can do, to do simple tricks and then grind up the earthworms and feed them to other earthworms. And then those earthworms knew the tricks, even though they weren't trained. And apparently he could replicate it. I'm not clear on the details, but the point is it's since been debunked. There's no such thing as your memories being in like the meat of your body. Um, (laughs) Although I think elephants have some kind of genetic homing instinct, but I don't know. The point is, I 
the point is let's grind up some human brains and inject them. Yes, in yes, obviously, yes. <laughs> I don't think they'll become psychic, but that's the only way to find out, honestly. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you gotta you gotta tr- try some brain, you know, see what it does. Yeah, I thought it. It's uh, the fact that it was marketed as pure horror when I was watching it. I really expected. Mm-hmm. There's so many corridors that open. Like I was like, where did he get that brain? Oh, this is dark, and he's like. This brain's from a Jane Doe with no family. I'm like, all right, nope, that <laughs> okay, wasn't it. We're yeah. not going down that avenue. From the brain uh, store, frozen and packaged. Yeah. And then uh, doesn't the lab guy start injecting himself to try and fight the monkey? Yes. Oh, the lab guy friend is such a weird character. I uh, couldn't tell if we were supposed to like him or not. I don't know. I really don't know. The way he, like, fights back with his boss, you know, like, that made mm. me think that we we're supposed to root for him, but he's kind of just, like, a weird sidekick friend. Confusing. <laughs> yeah, I yeah. think he's, it's, it's like, and this is probably literally true, it's as if Michael Stewart knew he wanted a man psychically linked with a monkey, <laughs> and then he worked backwards and, like, laboriously figured out how that could happen. <laughs> Uh, I so we've heard our pretty negative take on it. I want to ask because I got joy out of this movie. Maggie, mm-hmm. did you get joy out of this movie? I and do. What, what parts? I okay. I, I enjoy in spite of it all. In spite of we, it all, I I really have a fun time every time I watch this movie. Uh, I do think part of it is that yeah, it's just these kind of movies are so rare, and it's rare to see you know real animals on set, let alone in this type of film. Uh, yeah, I think it's really fun. It's really, uh, yeah, it doesn't ask to be taken seriously. Um, it's yeah, you're big on animal training movies, right? I am. I am. Something about them. Uh, I, something about it is just like, why would you ever write a movie with an animal? So of course, like I need to watch it. (laughs) Uh, think about that with. Like, I understand why not, because it's boring. But I think about that when you just think about, like, writing a story. I'm like, one thing that all stories have in common is that they're about a human. Even if it's the brave little toaster, it's, you know, mm-hmm. he acts like a human. And he, whatever we do, it's anthropomorphized. I'm like, could you write a story that's about, that's from the point of view of a rock? And I'm like, yeah, it would <laughs> just be blank pages. Like, what? what are you talking about? But it is... It is interesting how we feel locked into a certain modality. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah but uh, to me, what? it's, well, I just feel like it's more like a magic trick. When I mm-hmm. see animals, really well trained animals in movies, it's similar to a John Wick experience where I'm like, aha, delightful. The uh, monkey did something very specific. Wow, that must have been hard. You know, it's just <laughs> that feeling. Yeah. Or I worry if they killed some of the stun animals to get the shot. Sometimes I worry that. I do yeah. worry that. Yeah. Usually you can tell. Um, mm-hmm. Like if it's a studio film that isn't true or it before it comes out um, makes headline news because yeah. um, there's some something, for example, something that people may not know about production physical production of movies is that you often see in the credits uh, a line and it's gotta be it's verbatim i think it's trademark it says no animals were hurt during the making of this film right Mm -hmm. Mm. you've probably seen that a bunch of times that is not something anyone can just put on a movie that is a thing that is as good as a stamp that's notarized by uh american humane who you know licensed licenses uh trainers to go and make sure everything's above board in the same way that they do with kids now after like the twilight zone movie when you know two kids died um there's just laws that are in place in order for that to happen accidents do happen and they become headline news depending on if it was usually it's of the fault of uh, humans just because it's a hard case like the thing that american humane is famous for another or one of their the motto is from ants to elephants and they really mean it like if you have an ant or if you have something as huge as an elephant uh nothing can die for film Um, but that's why you're allowed to kill any whales you want if they're bigger than an elephant yes yes Mm, blue whale go to town right is is it apocryphal that 
they cared about quote unquote the mosquito and Barton Fink or like they were on set to watch after that mosquito. What do you mean? Well, I mean, they, they, I think there was probably a lawsuit and they like settled out of court. I'm pretty sure is probably how that went down. Cause, Cause there's a shot where he kills a mosquito. Yeah, and, yeah, and they did it. At that time, and the, right? yeah. and uh, the Coen brothers were like, "Who gives a shit?" And they didn't know <laughs> <Right>. about <laughs> the American Humane having, you like, know, from ants, sir, from ants. From ants. Yeah, and then and they like, were, how did you wait? We saw this. Uh, how did you treat? Like, how did you do this? And they're like, "Oh, we, we, we thought it was it. just fine." And they're yeah. like, "Well, that he can't do that, so you, you know, owe me money. That's you a weird owe thing. Somebody money. It's a weird that stance. mosquitoes family. <laughs> yeah. I assume. No, I, I'm sure that there was like some form of taxation on that. You know, um, that's just kind of how it works, because you have to punish people for you know just doing Although, whatever they want. In Apocalypse Now, just because it's shot internationally, I guess, they friggin' cut a cow in half with a saw, and They're, they really what? did that, and you see Depending it on, on the camera. era, uh, yeah. the, you know, American Humane wasn't as influential, and there wasn't the legislation. Or wasn't a thing was. yet, or didn't yeah. have the clout. Yeah. Um, so, All right, I sent I yeah, you guys still- another version of the book cover, <laughs> because it reminded me of a scene we skipped over. Which is when a man oh, immediately right. tries to kill himself right. after finding out he's paralyzed. So they decided to re-release this book with just a still frame <laughs> of a man with his head in a dry cleaning bag suffocating to <laughs> death. That's the cover. And then it says monkey shines. Monkey shines. No monkey yeah, it's inside. From the best-selling author of Blind Sight. That is a bizarre cover. Because mm-hmm. it tells me nothing about what the... The book is about i don't know but it does remind me cover but uh it does remind me that this film another facet of this film is that it's not very sensitive about being a quadriplegic oh not at all how's Uh, that going for it too yeah huge warning for anyone it's hugely ableist the main character basically is just (laughs) the other reason this movie is so funny is his performance is just out of this world wild on so many levels um yeah, and uh, he just complains. Oh yeah, the, the whole bird. Time. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, yeah. That bird fucking deserved to die. I've never seen anyone so mad at a bird. Well, maybe once. It's very but, um. Uh, uh, what is that? Uh, hmm? Whatever happened to Baby Jane? What is that? That missed me somehow. Whatever happened to Baby Jane? Oh boy! Oh, you guys should cover it. It's great. Um, it's uh Betty Davis and uh, what's her face? Um. Liz Taylor. No, the other one. <laughs> anyway, Barbara Streisand. Anyway, it's a famous movie where they play uh, sisters um, who were like, when they were young, they were, this is a tangent, when they were young, they were, you know, child stars. And now that they're older, they're like, you know, trying to kill each other, basically. And uh, one of them very famously uh, cooks her bird and feeds it to her for dinner. Oh, my God. Yeah. That's so. pretty fun. Ugh, oh, and we film. didn't mention that he finally does kill the monkey. By he kills the monkey. Luring it close enough to his mouth that he can bite its throat and then whip his head around like a dog until its neck snaps. <laughs> so I enjoyed that. Mm-hmm. See, I feel like uh, we needed... This would be a fun movie to watch in a bigger group. We need Dave and Tom here as well. Maybe like mm-hmm. Star, someone with a lot of natural energy <laughs> to be, uh, because there is a lot of joy to be had here. But I think both Abe and I are curmudgeons of like over the top stuff stopped working on me for some reason. Yeah, I don't usually like bad movies, which is to say I don't find them entertaining just because they're crazy. And there's few exceptions. And for the first, let's say half, act and a half, I was like, okay, it's fine that I watched this. Like, (laughs) you know, sometimes you got to just kill a couple hours in your life to to do your job as a podcaster was sort of my vibe. But by the middle of Act 3, I was like, you actually won me over. This is pretty insane. Because I was looking forward to doing the podcast and saying things like, this is remarkably grounded for a movie about a blah, blah, blah. Like, when you start to realize... It's so low key because it's not even that, as we said, it's not that gory and they don't milk it in a horror-y way. But when you uh, just write out the plot synopsis or in your head just realize what you're watching, it's quite (laughs) remarkable. (laughs) 
what it's do you remarkable find that it got made in a lot it. of ways. Okay, mm-hmm. so you just like the the fact that it gets to where it's gets to where it gets. Well, you know, like, there's a lot of people who will go for like a snakes on a plane factor, or if something's right. crazy cavalcade of contrasting elements, they're mm-hmm. like, I love how bad shit this movie is. That's mm-hmm. really hard for me. You have to be mm-hmm. really bad shit. And I this agree. this movie is because there's a shot where. A monkey hand that looks like a pipe cleaner is grasping a stray razor <laughs> right. and, and lunging at an actor while he just moves his head away from it. Like, oh no, oh no. <laughs> the whole needle. It's pretty uh, crazy. The whole section with the needle uh, and uh, uh, what's her name? Marianne, where he's just like, where she, sorry, Ella is the name of the mm-hmm. monkey. She is uh, like kind of coyly stabbing at her face oh yeah yeah oh yeah that that got me because i have like needles in general but like are are kind of horrifying not because of the damage they do but because like it's just a visceral kind of like a thin like i don't know it's Mm -hmm. just Mm -hmm. it's it a lot of us have that kind of reaction to needles and i thought that they played i thought cutting between that and building a like ticking clock with that was a good maneuver that was a good horror maneuver in terms of like the terror uh, it it was, and yet literally the look of of a monkey actor bumbling exactly. around with a needle. So funny! <laughs> so you're like, hilarious. Am I gonna uh, stab you here? Maybe. <laughs> what about you? <laughs> <in> the eyebrow? <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, it's silly, but it actually was like I was like, mm, I kind of want to look away, and then I was like, but I'm also this is silly, so mm-hmm. it has that weird resonance because like. There are times in movies where I'm like, or in horror movies in particular, where I'm like, no, 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 you know, and we all get that reaction to it. Uh, and it had that moment for me. But at the same time, I was like, this is silly also. <laughs> so it was just the fact that they chose like the needle imagery and they shot very close shots of it. Yeah. You've seen the uh, Evil Dead yeah. remake? The gritty yes. one? The one th- image from that that still haunts me is the one of the zombies stabbing someone in the face over and over. And what's great Ugh. about it is yeah. it's like a sewing machine. The zombie ah! doesn't care. They're just mm-hmm. going boom, 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 boom. Yeah, yeah it's Pure really, scene. really yeah. cool. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, it's a... Uh... Yeah, so sometimes that just wrote uh, kind of cutting between shots of someone going like, no, like, don't do it, <laughs> and someone does it. Having, it's, it but can the be monkey is playful and, about it. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of because it like they don't have a good grasp of the needle. It's like a clearly <laughs> a elaborate prop uh, that's being manipulated. It's like puppeteered mm-hmm. to some extent, and they don't they didn't really nail it. Uh, so it's 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 kind of hilarious, uh, and you know what? That's fine. Yeah. Well, even also the opening surgery scene, I have to look away during that. Uh, oh, the cutting. Yeah. The um, that's yeah. such a great I, classic effect. I've never seen that. Uh, they like drape like plastic wrap over you. Mm-hmm. I've never seen that before. Although I've never really had like a crazy spinal surgery. So I don't know if that yeah, it makes holds sense, all your I giblets keeps, together. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> you know, I feel, it feels like they're going to, yeah. you know, split that fucker open yeah. anyway. So, but, uh, you know, it seems like that would be something they do. I think it's also coated with disinfectant. I don't know. I ain't no doctor, that, yeah, but like I thought yeah. they were doing a thing like a Doctor Strange thing because Stanley Tucci makes a joke while doing surgery. And I thought it was the kind of thing where they're talking about like how doctors get desensitized and, you mm-hmm. know, you make a joke during a serious surgery. Mm-hmm. But then I've turned out it was even less subtle than that. And he's evil and he's fucking <laughs> yeah, his wife. And horny. <laughs> he's evil and horny and he's fucking the wife. <laughs> And his negligence paralyzed a man. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. And then there's like the good doctor, like the older doctor. Oh, who's right. Who's like, like, he missed oh, a bunch there... of stuff. I don't yeah, remember He's like him. a more down to earth doctor, I guess. I think they're doing a thing where it's like Stanley Tucci is like a, you know, like a city doctor. Playboy doctor. Versus, <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah, yeah, Playboy, yeah. you know, like a He'll fuck doctor your strange. wife while you're in surgery. Right. Yeah. But uh, like this old, like. This old second opinion doctor is like, well, I if I can get in there, maybe I can fix you. <laughs> you know, it's like this real Americana. They do yeah. that a few times, and I think that's like Romero's thing, is he has like a real love for rural, uh, yeah, imagery. There's a lot of um, even Marianne in this. It's like mm-hmm. kind of strange that our introduction to, or it's not. 
Is it Marianne or is it Melanie? I can't recall. She looks like Marianne. The woman who trains <laughs> the, the service the monkeys. monkeys. Yeah. yeah. She when they first meet her, there's like a wholesome soundtrack over a section where uh, she's living a very rural American lifestyle, has an enormous swath of land, uh, and she's like living off the fat of land. She has horses. There's like fences that clearly are handmade, and there's a large barn to keep her cages of monkey prisoners. <laughs> but it's just like very funny to me. <laughs> that he's like idealizing that uh there's something about even uh alan mann his first so romero almost doesn't always but he tried to shoot especially early in his career in pittsburgh all the time because that's where he lived and uh pittsburgh is kind of like you know obviously like an uh, a sprawl kind of attitude a lot of industrial um and he he still shows like Alan Mann is this kind of like Rocky of Pittsburgh where he's like going out and running and enjoying his body and getting in touch back, like with nature, getting away from like the city. Uh, and then of course, Stanley Tucci being like the representative of like the, the, the rich elite that like kind of preys on people. Mm -hmm. Uh, I think that Romero had a lot of, and even when you go back to night, uh, of, uh, not, in a uh, night of the living dead, like that whole thing is like set up to be about the suburbs, right? That's mm -hmm. why it takes place there. It's kind of talking about like, what is the middle class and what is the poorer classes and uh, what's the, it's kind of a, like I've, I've read papers on the capitalistic critique that is that movie. And, you know, that's kind of, uh, you know, goes into the, you know, zombie myth uh, in general. So mm -hmm. like, he's got a lot of ideas kicking around that are pretty good. Uh, and it's just interesting that he always like tries to strive for that. He tries to give you imagery, even if it's loosely aligned with this idea of being like outside or being a part of the world and being outside cities. Uh, Romero seemed to hold, hold this belief through several films yeah yeah that's a big um romeroism uh that pops up but actually yeah, i didn't I notice it. it in this movie um until you pointed it out i yeah mm. so mm. yeah yeah he also she deserves a lot of credit because like you said it's i don't know get out i feel like gets so much deserved credit it's in like my top five movies to watch all the time and uh and yet, I remember a lot of people talking about what was so revolutionary about getting Get Out was wrapping horror around a social message, and that was rare at the time, oh. but it's not like it had never been done. Romero no. did that. It, it Get Out reminded us powerfully of how you could do that. And In for fact, like the, the last origins. 15 years, horror hadn't been doing that. It had just been doing fucking around with scary right, ideas right, for teenagers and yeah. so it did remind us powerfully of a thing but a thing that romero also did so had to yeah absolutely <laughs> i mean like that's that's where horror kind of originated that's where zombies and like obviously vampires came from like the aspect of like this blood sucking sexual sinful yeah. yeah very yeah aristocratic class because they're they're seductive mm -hmm. uh they were usually portrayed as having a lot of money which is why dracula is like a count you know right but then we had this long period which is almost interesting because you're right. I think historically horror usually has been commentary based, but yes. we went through a long period where it's like Final Destination. That what is that commentary on? Nothing. Uh, well, you know what I, I mean. Think, <laughs> I think it comes mainly from the '70s. I think you can actually credit this to the '70s and oh, yeah, the advent of the slasher film. Mm -hmm. You know, because we got so involved with like the you know. Um, uh, with the Jasons of it all and like the, the Michaels that it became like a the thrill of the blockbuster. Kill. Yeah. yeah. yeah the, the blockbuster attitude of like, Oh, there's money to be made in a very compelling villain and horror movies. You can just invent a crazy villain. And so that became in vogue and it was a big, Nothing in the 60s was even close to that. Nothing, there wasn't really crazy amount. Like horror films weren't really there. They existed, but they weren't really something that brought people to the theaters until we started getting in the 70s and the advent of the slasher. So the 80s is kind of like the response to that. Like it's kind of like we're tired of that and we need to think of more interesting things, which is why you saw a lot more sci-fi and a lot more high concept um, art with that kind of like when we're talking about movies that are like trying to push like a social me message, I guess, in, through genre. Yeah. 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 Uh, the, if you, you watch know, the um, you do know. if you watch every version of uh, 
what was it? Um, Invasion of the Body Snatchers. You know, the first one's very just straightforward. And then once you get to the 70s, yeah, it's a huge social commentary. Um, yeah, it's interesting. You can just use that movie to try and track horror through its history. Oh, oh for sure. Yeah. For sure. Uh, there's been a lot of books written on the topic. But, like, I don't know. For this one, I really think it's, like, and Romero's talked about this. Like, because we did another frame rate on Romero's film. One film that he uh, really wanted to make fairly early in his career and didn't feel like he got to make it until he finally felt he had enough power and clout that he could untypecast himself from a horror director. And that was Night Riders, mm-hmm. uh, which mm. is about a renaissance fair uh gang of renaissance joust on motorcycles wow. joust on motorcycles and it's like so he really wanted to talk about like the like what are what does it mean to like be in a society and what are societies like this mm-hmm. is what romero wants to talk about all the time right but he just got kind of flung into the horror direction because of his career in the you know like the 70s mm. uh his ability to you know control horror uh, he was a name and he was quite good at it um, and he knew the people. So it was unfortunate that he had to be. That's how it was back then, though. You couldn't just be like a Jordan Peele and just be like, right. I'm a comedian. Now I'm a horror <laughs> director. <laughs> you know, like, mm. oh, OK, if you want. Like, we're a lot more receptive to that, um, you know production studios do not really allow and yet that. It's not and, like it's not a thing. Like when you and I go out for our you know, to try and get larger projects going, we favor comedy because it's what we're known for. It's what we're mm-hmm. good at. We, you know, we cut our teeth on it, you know, like absolutely. But at the same time, you know, the soul of the artist, you always want to do something else. Um, and you're saying it's, yeah, it's more possible yeah. now than it has been historically yeah. to change lanes. It's not as yeah. big of a shock. Thanks to the nineties and the art, the, uh, you know, the, uh, invent- the auteurs, <laughs> the James Cameron, James Cameron's the, you know, the Spielbergs. So yeah, Romero, I think had a lot of good ideas on that one. This one is very, very typically like he is being told what to do. You know, like you were do you, do you like this project? Yes, I like it. I would like to direct this. All right. Well, you're going to direct it in this way, right. which is why there's actually a, uh, alternative ending. Or I was alternative wondering about ending. that. Mm hmm. Yeah. And it was unreleased until 2014, which is crazy. Yeah, because they uh, came out on Blu-ray and they're like, ah, throw it in there. And (laughs) so uh, in the original ending, uh, Dorothy, the mom and uh, uh, Jeffrey, who's his uh, buddy, Alan's buddy. uh, So Stephen Root steals the remaining brain tissue serum and injects it into all of the test monkeys. And then... After Alan regains his ability to move, uh, he, uh, Stephen Root is assaulted by an animal rights protesters who, in an earlier scene, attacked Jeffrey for experimenting on monkeys. And then hmm. Stephen Root insults them and returns to his lab and discovers that all the remaining monkeys have uh, taken control of his <laughs> mind. Uh, so that's so the ending is kind of like. Uh, you know, like a Jurassic Park ending, mm-hmm. you know, where yeah. it's like it will still persist. Like the the serum is still out. In fact, it looks like it's going to be a lot worse for part two, Monkey Shines too. So it had a lot darker of an ending, and it also I I like the idea that it um uh, <laughs> that it involved the protest stuff because mm-hmm. there's once again like they set it up Romero's. and never that would have made it a yeah. an arc. Yeah, right. that's true. Yeah, but um, I think that the studio, uh, which at this point I think was Orion. Uh, was very right. much uh, was very much nah it's, you, you put a bow on it well one of the other changes uh, was there were more scenes there were like more horror scenes and they mostly involved abusing the monkey or fighting with the monkey and the producers ended up cutting them all out because they mm. were like even though no animals were harmed in the making of we don't want there to be confusion in the marketplace or whatever we right, don't even want right. people to think we might have harmed the monkey <laughs> And it's like, well, that does make it harder to make the movie scary, for sure. Yeah. If you can't fight the monkey. (laughs) You can't fight the monkey. What's left? (laughs) The monkey just killing unsuspecting people, which they keep orchestrating happening. Where you're like, honestly, anyone could take the monkey if you were like in an arena and -hmm. it's like you and this monkey and you're aware it's coming for you. You could just stomp the shit out of this monkey, but... (laughs) 
But, uh, you know, the movie orchestrates situations where the monkey has the upper hand or the element of surprise. I did like that it's one of the few movies and Monkey Bone passes this test, too, where the partner. There's so many movies where something supernatural happens. Like, I know K-Pax didn't have a girlfriend, but if K-Pax had a girlfriend, he's like, I'm an (laughs) alien. And she's like, I don't believe you. And he's like believe me and she's like okay i do you know they always believe really fast and in both of these monkey month maggie madness movie movies uh at least their partner is like i don't really believe you i think you're crazy (laughs) (laughs) which is way more realistic yeah Yeah, absolutely i love until she walks in and the monkey is like waving a razor blade around she's like like, maybe maybe there's something with this monkey (laughs) (laughs) Mm. <laughs> uh yeah uh what else what else do we want to talk about i want to um <laughs> we all have the same favorite line it's like the best line in the movie right what's your favorite line? <laughs> <with> <laughs> uh ella pees on alan and then he says you slime you <laughs> filth. i'm gonna take you apart i'm gonna rip your fucking eyes out and ri- and then it cuts to a shot of a of, of ella and then he says i'm gonna tear you open and chew your fucking heart <laughs> yeah i forgot Just- how funny you slime because a monkey peed on him <laughs> yeah uh, and it's not like you can get like a a monkey to act like spiteful. You just have to no, cut to so the monkey's just looking at him with a blank and then a monkey shot face. Of yeah. monkey's face. <laughs> it's a monkey face. And it's face. just like what's it? whatever, whatever, you yeah. know, I'm a monkey. Well, like that's its, it's expression. Not being the able challenge. To <laughs> like you were saying the acting's bad and I would say I don't know how anyone could have done a great job. Like the guy who plays a man is he showed up for work. He, he tried did. his hardest to he do tr- what was required was of him, which is a monkey just peed on you. You can only move your face. <laughs> say the line, you slime. Can I say anything else? No, no. that's the script. You have to say you slime. Like yeah. for all those constraints, he acquitted himself well, I think. That's true. That's true. That's a credit where credit's due. That's hard to do. You slime. That is so good. Thank you for reminding me of that moment. That yeah, there's like three big moments for me, and I had forgotten that one. Doesn't he? He also electrocutes an old lady in the bath. That's a good one. Yeah, his mom. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the yeah. guy's mom. Yeah. Oh yeah, the overbearing mom. She, yeah, who doesn't understand why he's acting that way and is going to like punish him for yeah. having. You know, it emotions. has a lot of overlap with a far superior movie, Upgrade. That would be a good double feature mm. as well. Hmm. Seen that, Max? No, I haven't. Oh, also features a guy paralyzed in an accident who is butthurt about it and Mm -hmm. yet handles it in a completely different way. (laughs) Obviously, because there's only one (laughs) monkey shines, baby. There's only one. one. Uh, I imagine that the writer of this story. Uh, like got back from uh, rear window and was like, I got an idea. <laughs> but oh, instead sure. of looking out and seeing all the people, it's just monkeys all the way down. <laughs> and that's my yeah, idea. I think you yeah. probably start with like monkey as a villain, monkey as a killer. Okay, who would be susceptible to that? Well, quadriplegics use monkeys, so you'd invite it into your home. You're already Interesting. somewhat incapacitated. Like, I get it. It's just that thing where you think of a story idea, and then you build this precarious tower of nonsense to justify it. And mm-hmm. you're like, it was never going to work, bro. It's too much mm-hmm. explaining, where you're like... Yeah. They're psychic, and the monkey has brains injected into it, and it's making him an animal. It's too... It's, it's too much, but it makes a delicious monkey pie that is monkey shines. So thank mm-hmm. you, Maggie. All together, it's you know, it's a wonderful dessert. There's a lot of many flavors, and at the end of it, you're like, oh yeah, I'm glad I, I glad I watched it. I'm glad I tasted. Yeah. If you want, I think you could watch the second half of Monkey Shines. Like, I don't even know that you need to watch the first half. I agree. Unless you... Second half would hit hard. Right. (laughs) I do find the first half funny, um, but, you know, if bad movies don't tickle your... Tickle your jib, skip right to the second half and you'll have a ball. Yeah. I think it's an excellent movie to watch in a group because there's a lot Mm -hmm. of um, shots that are just, like, ridiculous, you know? Yeah, it's very... Um, It's very... uh, What is going on? mm -hmm. (laughs) 
a shock factor. So I imagine people would have a lot of fun just like going back and forth laughing at that. Um, but you know, it's, it's, I, I wouldn't call it like pulp, like nor like a movie that you laugh at for being stupid in every capacity. This is just like, it's a tough premise to really execute because you're kind of set up for failure with right. all of the moving right. parts. And then a fairly competent team tries to be serious about it anyway. And you're and like, well, like, that comes mm-hmm. off crazy. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Cause they really did treat it seriously. Yeah. They, you're not supposed to laugh ever. Um, you know, but that, that's what it is. Um, I do. I think at the end of the day, I still prefer the w- w- weirdness of night riders, which by the way, do check out that archive episode night riders with a K Night Riders, uh, mm-hmm. I think that was a Soren pick. That was Soren, yeah. yeah. Ed Harris is in it, not in the podcast. That's the, the craziest thing is watching Ed Harris do this batshit material, and and he he's doing it, you know. He um, also showed up for work, yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, I mean, Romero has that ability. Uh, there's, you know, when you read about him, some people mention like he's kind of like Cassavetes. In that, like the famous, the famous example of Cassavetes is that like he he was an actor himself. He came through the theater and he used the same stable of actors for like everything. And like for every movie, like Shadows or whatnot, like he would, like the, re- the rehearsals were rigorous, but not because like he was like a tyrant, but because he really asked all of his cast to like, we're gonna come to my place. I'm going to make us an enormous meal. Like, and it's gonna, we're gonna like stick around my house for like three days, you know, like mm-hmm. we're gonna get high. We're gonna, you know, like just talk, we're gonna rehearse the scenes. And then, you know, like after a few days, you know, we'll do it again in another week or two. And that's how it kind of ran. Cause I think he, it was important to Cassavetes and likewise for Romero that he has like some kind of connection with all of his actors on some level. Little did and he know is, all he had to do is grind up brains and inject it into his head. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And this is young Romero, um, but I think you see a lot of that early on in Living Dead and all that. Like he really, really treats the actors and gives them a lot of mm-hmm. like a wide yeah. birth. Yeah. Which is why you kind of sometimes that's a really good strategy. Sometimes you get a pretty uh over the top performances because not all actors know exactly what like the tone is uh, of the movie and will establish a tone for themselves or their character and go a little too far or not far enough. And it becomes kind of laughable. Like I would say in this movie (gasps) where everyone's just kind of taking for granted. Yeah. The monkey stuff is probably going to be awesome. Right. Because like George is really awesome and you know, we trust George and it's like, Oh, it's not the greatest, (laughs) you know? So when you're acting that big and then it cuts to a monkey, who's not really like feeling like like spiteful or something like that mm-hmm. uh the filmmaking doesn't really uh transmute that to the viewer especially when you're caught between the producers saying like if you had a shot of the monkey screaming with rage they'd be like how'd you get that shot did you hurt that monkey right, <laughs> like right. it seems like their hands were tied in many ways mm-hmm. in a lot of directions yes. absolutely absolutely maggie what are mm. other good monkey movies is that too much to ask oh man or good, i'm like i'm trying to wrap up monkey month monkey month well, i, I want to know if there's any monk recommendations any monk recommendations <laughs> i will say um as far as like animal movies uh if you that haven't works. seen zeus and roxanne it's a great uh dolphin and dog joint Oh, um, that's a hell yes. That's a tasty combo. It's a tasty combo. It's about a dolphin and a dog who are best friends. Steve Gutenberg plays a dad who, you know, is looking for looking for love again. Um, it's you mm. know, like parents falling in love kind of movie. You'd think that the um the dolphin would be named Zeus, but you'd be wrong. That's true. Right? Yeah. <laughs> Uh, Abe, any favorite animal movies? Um, jeez, that is a tough <laughs> question. Uh, so it has to be a movie about an animal. Yeah, where animal acting is part mm-hmm. of the attraction, animal part acting. of the spectacle. I mean, the thing almost counts. I know you love that movie because that dog is very well trained. Uh, <laughs> no. Oh man. Uh, no. 
No, uh, I I don't really care about this genre. I think it's so. No, I I think I well. Here's the thing: shitting I think on I get Free Willy, shitting on oh, Black Beauty, yeah, 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 Flipper. Uh, I mean, like to Anaconda. me, like uh, <laughs> yes, I love Anaconda. Like, Look who's talking is in this category. Like, oh no! Now ah! you're shitting on the idea of human children. People don't yeah, like no, that. No, it's it's more of like when we get in the mind of like animals or babies or things that don't <laughs> talk. Uh, it's uh, it's hilarious to me because it's so stupid. It's such a stupid idea, uh, and I think it's I think it's silly. I think it should be animated. Like Pixar can do it. Uh, I think that Fox and the Hound can do oh, it. Oh my god! Wait, but I don't think that movies can. So therefore, my favorite is like the worst of the worst mm-hmm. and I gotta give that for multiple reasons to uh to the what is it the 2016 film Nine Lives is that about Which a cat is, I assume it's about a cat and uh guess who's the cat Dame uh, Kevin Spacey Kevin Spacey <laughs> ah, yeah, oh I remember cat. that one the Kevin it's Spacey so cat. bad I do it's remember so bad. that yeah. and so you, you just it's like the safest movie to hate because it's just so bad. Yeah, yeah there's and nothing. And it's Kevin Spacey acting horrible. Uh, and you're supposed to be on his side. And it's it's hilarious mm. to me. Well, there you so go. So it's like, that's one I'll watch. That's I'll watch Nine Lives. Fuck now it. are you ready to be proven wrong? Because my favorite is a legitimately good film where the animal acting is used is the bear one? to support the story. And it truly embraces animal point of view. Yeah, The Bear. The Bear is a great movie. The Bear. The, the bear. bear, a movie from the point of view of a bear that really, really captures that. Like, it is an honest attempt at an experiment of telling right. a movie from an animal's point of view, and it rips. Mm-hmm. Dang. I thought you were going to say um, Homeward Bound or... Uh... That's <laughs> a classic, brothers. but I'm yeah, talking... About, well, Two Brothers is by the same guy who did The Bear, and it's also very mm. good, where Guy Pierce oh, fights two baby tigers. Oh. I totally forgot that there's a subsection of animal movies that I do love, which is documentary. Animal documentaries are the greatest. Absolutely. Uh, Yeah, there's a, what is it? Mark Lewis, Mark Davis, Mark Lewis, uh, Australian filmmaker uh, who made Cane Toads, best documentary of all time. Forget about it. (laughs) It's so good. (laughs) And it just follows Cane Toads. Wow, and it's called Cane Toads? It's just called Cane Toads. I will Track it down. It. It's amazing. And if you, uh, Maggie, if you mm-hmm. really want to watch it, I have a copy of it. I'll lend it to you. Oh, thank you. For That'd real. be wonderful. It, like, the more people who watch this, the better. It is a masterclass in filmmaking and working with uh, animals. The Cat from Outer Space, I guess. The Bear That's is also a classic good. one. The Bear, the the bear. bear is also good. You had your time. Jumanji? <laughs> Is that technically? See, now we're getting in the yeah, category where the, it's just like, if oh, there's the an Robert Well, I Googled movies with monkeys in them because I oh, feel okay, bad that we're not. Mm. No one said Planet of the Apes. One of us should have said that. I don't know. What's this movie? That's... Monkeys Go Home. Monkeys Go Home. 1967. So next year, when we do, because May is going to come around again sooner than you think. And <gasps> when we do true. Maggie May's Monkey Month of May Madness again, I suggest we'll we watch Monkey Monkeys films. Go Home. Let's watch Monkeys Go Home. <laughs> this 19- time next year, we'll gather again. <laughs> Once 1967, again, Walt Disney, a <laughs> uh, low-budget movie starring a monkey. And then Monkey Bone again. <laughs> again, yeah. Oh, I'll watch Monkey Bone anytime, dude. dude Hank Dussard, the new owner of an olive grove, brings in chimp laborers, which upsets the other workers. <laughs> nice. Oof. That sounds that sounds like that could be rough, <laughs> but that also <laughs> might be fantastic. Yeah, yeah. All yeah. right, all right. So I guess I'm liking this. Thanks for making this a tradition, Maggie. You're welcome. Yeah, we're kind of forcing you into this tradition. We're I pleased. Feel like. I feel like our monkey bone episode was great, and this episode was a good excuse to talk to my friends, which I enjoyed. <laughs> what, a, what a graceful way to phrase it. <laughs> I don't know yeah. that it's our most focused episode of Frame Rate ever, though. No. Well, this movie isn't very focused. You know, we were the flow, much like Romero himself. And much <laughs> like uh, your other podcast, which I saw this as kind oh, of... That's true, yeah. Uh, ...hybridization with, with Frame Rate. Speaking right. of, 
What is the other podcast that you host on this very network? Oh, boy, you guys. If you're listening to this, you could also go listen to I'll Show You Mine If You Show Me Yours, which is uh, Adam and Mai's podcast, uh, which I'm texting about, texting him about right now. Um, and yeah, our podcast is great. It's just two friends uh, and we present each other um, a piece of media and then we talk about it. You got any new topics that haven't been taped yet? We have a couple. And actually, uh, if you want to suggest topics, uh, you can become a uh, patron member um, on the Small Beans Patreon tier. So, uh, yeah, but we're there. Uh, we're we're brainstorming a few. Mm-hmm. Okay, she's and not ready they, to yeah. zip her hand. No, I'm not ready. I'm no, not well, ready actually, there. It's because right now I know because I'm telling them to do this. They they are they develop uh, yes. topics, mm-hmm. and then the way it works is then they pick four of the topics, and then you, the Patreon, uh, you know, the participants of this, mm-hmm. the producers of this show, uh, get to vote on an exclusive poll mm-hmm. on uh, what episode. they cover so they're in the phase right now where they're just generating the topics and that we don't even have the topic yet for the next step uh two episodes right yeah and that's how it's done what else what else (laughs) you recently released you released a video essay recently oh i did yes (laughs) fairly Um, recently i did oh i can reveal that uh yeah so i just put out a video uh about uh, the doc two document well the documentary coup 53 uh and also the movie all the president's men um, and I interviewed the director, uh, Tagi Amirani, and uh, Walter Murch, who That's edited. crazy. Yeah. yeah, it's pretty yeah, great. It's a, it's a great video. Thank I you. I suggest everyone go to the YouTube and watch it. Right Legendary now. editor, Walter Murch. Walter Murch. Oh, and we're releasing um, the full interview as well, uh, which it'll be up by the time this comes out. So, yeah, you can watch that too. So check that out. Say hi to a monkey in your area. Yeah. And finish and enjoy the remainder of May, people. Monkey May. Monkey May. What's left of it? Maggie May's Monkey Movie Madness Month of May. Uh, Thank you so much for having me, guys. This is this has been a monkey of a time. Maggie. Yeah. Monkey. 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 May. This has been a Small Beans endeavor. We're a bunch of pals who make podcasts, sketches, music, web series, and movies. The Beans always have new ideas percolating, so make sure to check us out at patreon.com slash smallbeans. That's p-a-t-r-e-o-n dot com forward slash smallbeans, where you can browse all of our current and past content, see what we've got planned in the future, and learn how your support can help the Small Beans grow into huge, giant monster beans. If you enjoyed this content module, please like, rate, subscribe, or tell a friend about us. We love you!